Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, <laughs> we're here live again, episode four of the 33, 33 Rings podcast. Uh, I'm Noah here with uh, Justice on yes, the sir. left. How are you doing, man? Good, bro. Work starting back, getting ready to move. You know, mine's yeah. moving forward. Lakers are fantastic. Rolling right now, aren't they? Man. Fantastic. They, that first to start out, I guess we should tell everybody it is uh, currently. 8 10 p.m august 25th so anything that we say in this video uh or this podcast is only as good as it is right now uh, i think the yeah. nuggets nuggets and jazz are currently playing we're not mm -hmm. watching it live or anything i haven't even looked at the score so we might be super off about that and then also the mavericks and clippers are going to be playing later as well um so whatever turns out in their game uh, yeah but we still want to talk about luca and everything he's got going on um, literally everything he's got going on everything all 43 points of it and uh, <laughs> 17 assists worth of it um, yeah it's... but yeah we we just want to kind of focus on first round matchups um and just kind of updating how the first round's going for uh for each team <coughs> so we can start off here with the uh raptors and nuts how yeah but we don't mm -mm. Not, not a whole lot to talk about um if you did want to talk about it, you know, the Nets, they had a lot of people not come to the bubble. Um, yeah. It's pretty much a G League team, as, like, harsh as that is, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there have been a few guys that I thought looked pretty good on the Nets that will really help them next year um, whenever they have all of their stars with them. Uh, the one that I mentioned to you a few days ago, Tyler Johnson, I don't know if it was just, like, anecdotal experience or whatever, but any time that <laughs> – what <laughs> – just Tyler Johnson, man. He's just a funny guy. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. But um, yeah. uh, anytime I felt like I was watching the game, I would look over and he's hitting a three or he's hitting a big shot or, he, I mean, as big of a shot in a 4-0 sweep as you can have. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just felt like Tyler Johnson played pretty well. Felt like every single time I looked, he was he was hitting a good shot. Um, was there anybody that you noticed? Uh, I mean – you always want to shine a light on a guy like Karis who's really trying to carry the load mm -hmm. um, and make something happen. It's just not even a series that was even worth watching, really. I mean, the last game, the Raptors bench, which I think we have to highlight is that Raptors bench scored 100 points, mm -hmm. which is yep. absolutely insane. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. I can't remember the last time they said it happened, but it was pretty for real. And it helps that it was a, a four-game sweep and 150 total points, so I'm sure they got plenty of playing time. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Raptors look really good. Um, you don't want to oversell it because they were playing against a pretty beat-up and, uh, mm -hmm. like, mercenary Nets team. Yeah. Um, but thought that they looked I'll pretty good. I'll oversell it. I'll oversell it. You'll oversell it? Yeah, I had them in the finals, so I got to oversell it. That's true. That's fair. Um, Nick Nurse also won Coach of the Year too. I think it's uh, well deserved. I agree. Yeah, so I really liked uh, not watching that series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's just some series just aren't even like interesting to tune into. You know, even as like two guys like us who really love basketball, like it's just background noise. And, like when it's a series like that. It was usually like the the twelve thirty or one o'clock game is what they had yeah. slated as because nobody was right. Nobody was worried about catching it, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, like we said, not really a whole lot to talk about there. Um, Nets are gonna be scary next year. 
for sure, as we talked uh, about uh, on our multiple last podcast. Pods. Yeah, multiple pods, multiple, yeah. yeah. But um, they're definitely going to be very, very good next year. Um, and I think they're finding like more and more pieces as they go. Um, the, the next uh, matchup that I had here, uh, you can take your pick, I guess, uh, Blazers-Lakers. I would let you touch on that, being the, the big Lakers fan. Um, I, I hope some of you all follow me on Twitter. Most people who listen to this probably do. I've just got a lot of stuff, a lot of ammo loaded and ready to go for everybody <laughs> who was picking the Blazers, man. Like uh, like I said, it was before the series started, I said, I have no fears. I'm not scared of the Blazers. And I was like, so to me, it's just not even like, even thing worth touching on, we're so good right now. Like we're literally hitting on all cylinders. KCP after game one, he's fourteen on fifty percent from three, fourteen a game, fifty percent from three. It's just guys doing what they need to do. So LeBron, who everybody was worried about because in eight bubble games he looked like an idiot. Now he looks like the best player in the world again. So right. um Yeah, they look confident, like all of them, very, I thought. Very it, confident. From top to bottom, everybody. I didn't watch all of the game last night because it just... You wouldn't took... even text me back about the game. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't watching it, bro. Like, <laughs> um, I think I watched the first little bit and I looked over and it was like the first quarter and up by 25. Um, and <laughs> the they, show. I was talking with a few guys uh, during the, I guess, game three. Uh, yeah. Game three was actually pretty close. Um, the thing was, I, I was trying to explain to them, they're like not like as... Uh, they're not as into basketball, I guess. Yeah. But um, I was telling them, like, look, you can't get behind a LeBron team with three to four minutes left. Like, you just can't do that. No, um, he'll pick you apart for he'll pick three you. to four minutes, too. Yeah, and, and he's just he can get to the lane anytime that he wants. Um, and then the other two games, you know, you can't get behind that much that early to LeBron because yeah. he's just going to – they're just going to wear on you. The, the greatest thing about LeBron – and this goes into guys like Chris Paul and Luca, even at a very young age, which is what's really impressive about him is that LeBron, if he's not scoring, he's mismatch hunting the whole game. Mm-hmm. Like nothing about him is complacent with, hey, I'm just going to throw this to AD. I mean, he has a very good feel for like if Anthony needs to get in the rhythm, like just give him the ball and let him work, you know? Right. But if you if you have a bad defender out there, they're just going to get torn apart. There's and that's why those three guys are really great about it. It's mm-hmm. just mismatch hunting, and LeBron is takes it to a whole other level. So yeah, it really helps too when you have Anthony Davis playing like an absolute monster. Oh, um, for sure. Gosh, he's being so aggressive uh, on the offensive rebounding and just rebounding in general. Um, yeah, there was several times in both games four and three, I suppose, um, where he just came out of nowhere. I don't know if the, the Blazers were not doing a good job of uh, putting a body on him. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Nurkic just being absolutely gassed. Mm-hmm. I would I would assume because of Zach Collins being out, but yeah. there there was just several times, especially kind of in the like the third quarter stretch, you know, where you, you kind of decide the game, where yeah. um, where Nurkic just wasn't getting a body on AD and he was getting huge offensive rebounds. Um, it was just taking the game when over. You, especially when you start Nurkic and Whiteside together, there's, there's no you can't I mean, yeah. There's a, there's a rotation to it, but you're going to wear them both down. And you know, when a guy, with a guy like Anthony Davis, when we have JaVale and Dwight to come in and give him some time, or even Kuzma or LeBron can play big minutes and rebound, like it's just hard to ask those two guys to do that, to yeah. play those big minutes. I agree, especially, so. especially Nurkic where he's been out pretty much all year. I'm sure his conditioning isn't uh, where it would be otherwise, you know? Yeah. So, 
that's that's something to spot as well. But um, it looks like Dame is out for game. Is it going to be game five? Yeah, game is five. I'm hoping that, which is the smartest decision by the Blazers, because <laughs> even if he had a chance of playing, it's like you know what's the point at this uh, you know at this point in the series where you've lost by thirty in back to back games really. Um, yeah, should have or should have. If we make free throws in game three, we, we win by twenty five. So. I just there's no sense in him playing, and I'm hoping that we're smart enough to not play Anthony Davis if he's actually having back problems. I don't think he's actually having back problems. You thought that's just what they said to let him sit the rest of the night? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they foresaw this. Maybe they're doing the same thing that you're doing, and they just wanted yeah. to have a reason to set him. Who yeah. knows? Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there's any reason to play them if you don't have to. Um, so right. essentially, it's like a sweep for for your stars, you know? Yeah. Um, especially with, if Dame's not going to be in there. I think that they would be fine uh, regardless. They could just get, you know, two quarters out of AD and LeBron and be fine, yeah. kind of like they did in, in game four um, and game two. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I guess it'll be interesting to see how the Blazers go about. Um, there is no going about that. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, it's over. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we can move on then as well. Uh, and go to the uh, Nuggets and Jazz. I guess they're currently playing right now. Um, go ahead and touch on that uh, on that series. It's because it's been an interesting series, and I've got a lot to say. I want to put out a public service announcement to Donovan Mitchell and let him know that I apologize for severely underrating him. I guess, uh, <laughs> like any guy that's going to cut, he's really he's always drawn those Dwayne Wade comparisons. Mm-hmm. Um, Hard not to. He. Yeah, just by the slashing ability. He's a better shooter than D-Wade was. Um, it's it's really impressive to see a guy put up 50 that, that quick in a series two times, twice. And then he, he literally looks like 06 Wade. Like, just watching him run around. Mm-hmm. And the offense is running through him. And I didn't give them a chance. No, no Bogdanovich. It was just not... It just didn't look like it was going to happen to me. I thought yeah. they would lose. I, well, I don't remember what I picked them in, maybe, or the Nuggets and Sticks, I think I picked. I, I didn't see 3 1 at any point for either team. So uh, I didn't either. Um, I always kind of like thought of Donovan Mitchell almost like his first two years, where I just didn't think he would ever be able to lead a team the way that he yeah. is right now. I will say that the Nuggets might be the perfect draw for him. Uh, it's something I text you about because mm-hmm. Jokic cannot play pick and roll defense against him, and he right. is having an absolute field day, um, just pulling up from from the elbow um, mm-hmm. or you know pulling up from three. Well, it's not like the Nuggets have the best defensive guards either. No, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but so. you know, even if you have great defensive guards, if you're just setting high ball screens and you know the center is setting in the paint. There's there's only so much that you can do. Um, if I, I have a, if you're the coach of the Nuggets, this is what this is what happens because we look at Michael Porter Jr. It's it's not his fault that he's struggling like this on defense. He's not incapable. He doesn't have enough time. He hasn't played enough to be in a playoff series and be able to make defensive decisions that he's supposed to make. Mm-hmm. So this is what happens when you wait and experiment with your with your guys all the time. So, like, if you're waiting to, to play Porter Jr., you're easing him in, then you get to the playoffs and you really need him to be there. You, you just know? can't be. Yeah, he's not mentally ready. And he's and his shot-making ability, you have to have him on the floor. Like, he needs to play. 
Yeah. But if, if it comes to the point that you can't defend, then you're unplayable. And it's just, it's not his fault. I feel bad for him. I really do. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, how much did he play in the last game? Do you know? I don't remember the minutes count. Oh, neither. Uh, my question, I don't know. I, I wasn't able to watch all of the uh, the last few games. How much has Plumlee been playing? A substantial amount. A substantial amount? Yeah. Because that's, uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out because I keep seeing Jokic just getting cooked on defense, and I guess you have to have him in there. Um, well, your offense, I mean, Jamal Murray's obviously doing the bulk of the scoring, but your offense should be running through Jokic, correct? Yeah, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he's got to be in there. Yeah. Um, so I just don't know of any way that the Nuggets can deal with uh, Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley just giving them the business for, uh, in the pick and roll. No, it's just not going to happen. And Mike, I, I don't. Go ahead. I was just going to say Mike Conley has looked really good too since he's come back. Yeah, it's that new baby thing. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Uh, yeah, him, and, him a, and him and Fred have been talking. That big father energy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he, uh, I don't know, man. I don't. This Jazz team's not a contending team. They're not scary, but this is a very eye-opening thing for you if you're leading that franchise and you get to see Donovan Mitchell play the way he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I mean, I th- I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I've put out multiple tweets about Booker over Mitchell, and I still believe that, but it's definitely a lot closer than I think I gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. So, I think this uh, also says a lot to Nuggets fans as well and the Nuggets franchise about um, – like what they're going to do defensively with Jokic because it's bad yeah. in that pick and roll, especially with the amount of uh, scores that are in the league. Just about every team has at least one guy that can come off a pick and roll and just eat Jokic alive. Yeah. Um. So they're going to have to figure out how to scheme that. I don't really know what the answer to that is. Um. But I mean, like, what if they get past this? Then who would they face next? Uh, you know, if if you face the Rockets or whatever, then not Clippers. Okay, well, yeah, okay, either way, I was just throwing out a team. But, you know, if you play against uh, the Clippers, then obviously you've got Lou Will or Kawhi or whoever that can attack that, literally every single possession. If you play against the Mavs, then you got to deal with KP and Luka both being right there. Um, So you have to worry about the pick and pop and the pick and roll. Um, If you somehow get past that, I mean, like every single team is going to have somebody that can attack Jokic. So skinny Um, Jokic isn't the best defender. No, man, because he, like, I mean, just, you can tell the way that, like, he moves his legs, you know? Like, yeah. it's just bad. Like, I don't think that that's, it's just not in the cards for him to be. So, my question is, to what point do you blow up what you have to put a defensive team out there? You don't, man. You don't. I don't know, man. Gary Harris was terrible all year. And you got 16 million in him. Yeah. Um, I think it probably got- leads to, like, basketball limbo. You know, like if you don't find an option in house or just like something, because you you can't trade Jokic, like you said. I mean, your offense right. is running through him, and that's yeah. like the real issue there. Like like you said, they don't have the best guards, but in the pick and roll defense, I mean, Jokic there's, is there's is the big with, problem. With real value, um, yeah, definitely. But you, I mean, Plumlee's not an awful pick and roll defender, is he? He's at least no. mobile. You know, yeah. so so you have that option there. You have Jeremy Grant right there. Um, so, really, it's just whether or not you can, I guess, scheme out of it. Or if Jokic can randomly become really athletic. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, go run. He needs to go run in some sand this summer. He'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, he looks like yeah. he's running in sand. Um, <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, that's that's really all I wanted to touch on with the Nuggets. I I'm afraid that it's going to lead to a place where um you're almost in basketball limbo, kind of like the Grizzlies, where you've just got yeah. tons of talent for a long time. And I'm talking about the like 2010s Grizzlies, right? Um, to where you just got tons of talent and you're making the playoffs, so you're not getting lottery picks, but mm. you know, you. But got, would you rather be getting lottery picks than being a first round exit every year? That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, from a purely basketball standpoint, it's like if something is going to continuously not work, then I guess from a business perspective, maybe, yeah, you want to keep being uh, competitive, and that's why these things happen. But from a basketball perspective, it's like this isn't going anywhere. So maybe it's time to like start looking towards the future. But that's way too early to say that for the Nuggets, too. I mean, they have tons of young talent. Uh Don't, Don't get me twisted. But... It's just something that I really noticed, and I think that's one of the reasons that Mitchell is just going absolutely crazy this series. Yeah, and that's kind of like <laughs> – that situation would be serious if it lasts another two years, you know, kind of like the Sixers and and Bede and Simmons where you're like, you know what, something's got to change. So Yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll touch on that here in just a little bit too. Oh, for that's sure. one of our yeah, big topics we want to talk about. Uh, but next, I think we should look at another uh, series, the Bucks and Magic. Um, <laughs> uh, almost as interesting in the Raptors and Nets. The Magic did give them a little scare. I thought they played Giannis really, really well um, in that first game. Uh, and I yeah, think, They really might have been onto something. Yeah. To look at That's the real. biggest thing. Uh, I don't want to get into the round two matchups, but the Magic right. probably gave the Heat a game plan as if the Heat already didn't know what they were going to do. Right. Um, but, I mean... Also, if you look at it, um, I guess the Magic can probably be uh, pretty happy with how they performed being so depleted. Because yeah. um, it's it's not like every game was a blowout either after game one. I mean, um, mm-hmm. you know, I can't remember which game it was, but I think the Magic had like a bit of a chance um, just in game four, I believe, uh, yeah. last night. There, there was a point where, you know, four minutes left, they were down by like 10 and... Uh, if you hit a, hit a three, I think. Um, yeah. And then I looked up and they hadn't scored again and they were up by like 16. So yeah. <laughs> that, that did happen. But um, yeah, what were your thoughts on the on the Bucks magic? Anything that you didn't uh, expect other than game one? Well, yeah, I'm outside of game one. I think we both called a sweep in that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were very so, disrespectful. Oh, we were. So the magic can go to hell for ruining that. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then um outside of that though i mean it's per usual i don't i think i think orlando played a better game than i thought they would a better series than i thought they would so i think they have something to build on especially when they're fully healthy you know like they got guys like jonathan isaac there that they're gonna trade aaron gordon um expert um like just so quickly so mm-hmm. I, th- I think they have something to build on i'm excited to see what they can do i am too yeah i hope that uh that isaac can get healthy um, Mo Bamba could make a big difference. Even in this series, he could have made a really big difference as well. Yeah, um, just having that size on the inside. Mm-hmm. So, but that's really all we need to touch on with the the Bucks and Magic. Uh, the next one, Heat and Pacers. I wasn't, I did not expect a sweep in this at all. I don't know how you feel about it. Um, no, I, I think we both called six in this one. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I have been like a Heat hater all year, not because I hate the Heat. I actually really liked them as a franchise and all of their players. I I like those dudes. Like I like Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I like Bam. Um, but well, I guess I, 
underrated what Butler was as a leader. Um, and I just didn't think they had a guy on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jimmy Butler is an absolute killer. Um, I think in game four, he had what, like eight points, nine points or something, but his box yeah. score was like plus whatever. I mean, uh, he just affects the game in, in so many ways. Um, Bam looks great. Like he's here to stay for a long time. Um, and Hero. then Hero looked amazing in game four. He, what was it like? In the fourth quarter, I think he had three huge offensive rebounds right in a row where yeah. the, the Pacers were trying to make a run. Um, and so I just I think that the Heat team gels really well. Um, mm-hmm. I still think they get taken out by the Bucks, but I've said it early on that I think that the Heat probably have the best chance out of anybody in the East, in my opinion, to to beat the Bucks. We'll save that for the second round episode. Absolutely. Um, but but I, I definitely believe in that. Um, as far as the Pacers, though, not having Sabonis definitely hurts you. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, where do you think the Pacers go? Do they just look kind of like outclassed, like the Heat are just a better team? Is that what's, that's what it looked like to me. They just made more timely plays. Um, they just I kind mean, of you take into just looked better. The guys aren't there. Um, Sabonis not being there, I mean, that's mm-hmm. your all-star, like you, like, like you pointed out to me yesterday. Uh, I just don't know that <laughs> I don't know that I don't know. I'm gonna to touch on a on a trade scenario for them when we get to Philadelphia some. Go ahead. Um, you're gonna to touch on it now if you want. On okay, cool. Scenario. So I, I I think I think Vic is gone. Uh they're gonna lose him for free? No, I don't think they'll lose him for free. Uh, and this is a, the trade scenario that came up that I was interested in talking to you about was if you say, Hey, we'll give you Vic and Miles Turner for Embiid and Josh Richardson. You know? No, I don't do that as the Sixers. You don't do that? No, you can get so much more for Embiid. I don't know, man. I don't know. You're talking about a guy who... Well, let's just go ahead and talk about it at Philly, if you don't care. Yeah, let's do it. We, yeah, uh, these two kind of wrap up. That was the next series yeah. I wanted to go to, so... Yeah, so let's just go ahead and talk about it. So, if, we're, if you're Philly and you watch Joel Embiid, who averaged... In that series, he averaged 19 points in the first half. Mm-hmm. And he averaged 11 in the second half. And that was really boosted by some garbage time points at the, like, in the end of the last game where he had 10 in like the last like two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking at a guy who has never taken the, the liberty to get in shape. He had four months to get in shape for, the, for this, for, for the bubble. And he didn't. He's gassed by the third quarter, every quarter, every game. He's, the best first, he's one of the best first half players in the NBA. Yep. But he can't close. The, he can't close the series for you. You don't know how healthy he's ever going to be. He's defensively, he night in and night out can't decide if he wants to be the best defending big man or if he wants to be the worst. It, like it just depends on his energy level. I think he's moody. Um, I just don't have any hope for Embiid really to be anything other than what he is right now. So I don't think if you're a franchise, it's like, well, do we try to make a change and build around Ben, which is what a Miles Turner and a Victor Oladipo is. Or even if you call Sacramento and say, hey, what's it look like for a De'Aaron Fox and a Marvin Bagley and a first-round pick? What's it cost to get a Buddy Hield? you know? Yeah, I just feel like Joel Embiid is worth a lot. How many years does he still have? Four, three or four on his deal? Um, yeah. I just think that Miles Turner is a it's probably a starting center on a lot of, on a lot of teams. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as the Pacers are concerned, he's their – they're uh they're second you know they're their second center um yeah and so i just think that you Embiid demands a lot more value because you still know how good he is 
and how good he can be. Um, maybe in a better scenario. Can you imagine that guy in the Miami Heat franchise? Um, where where there's like- tons of accountability, where he has to be in shape, where it's expected. Um, I just I think he demands a little bit more value than Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo, who's coming off an injury. We really don't know what he's going to be if he's ever going to be back to that same guy. But Vic um, is moving the same. I think it's just a rhythm thing for him right now. Nothing about him is lacking explosiveness. Um, if you watched him play in that series, um, he looked he looked fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the worst thing that could happen is that the league lets him find his way to Miami. Vic? Um, and I, yeah, I mean, that's the worst thing that could happen. I think that puts Miami in a really, really good place to compete for a championship. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of calls you make if you're if you're Philly. Do you call Oklahoma City and say, "Hey, I'll take a couple years of Chris Paul"? You know, do I take? It just it just all depends. So, you know, Ben Simmons. Do you want to trade Ben? Do you like what? It, there's so much you can do. <laughs> I saw a video the other day that was talking about um, <laughs> Philly trading uh, Embiid to Boston. And I thought that was hilarious. They it was like some ridiculous trade with like Jalen Brown and just like ton, yeah. tons of picks and um, I don't know. I, as a Boston fan, like this is not me being a biased homer. I don't think I want Embiid on my team. I don't think I want his attitude. Um, mm-hmm. I like the way that they're going. Yeah, um, your fans would love Embiid though. Oh yeah, they would. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and and it would honestly probably uh, balance out that scoring attack if you can keep Kimba and Tatum there. Then you got. Mm-hmm. Good point guard, good wing guy, good uh, interior defender, and interior, you know, just superstar, all around superstar. Yeah. So, um, but no, as a fan though, um, and I guess maybe the nihilist in me, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want Joel Embiid there. Well, here's another thing I want to touch on. Elton Brand came out today, recently, put out a statement and said, I don't want to. He said, I don't want to trade Ben or Joel. He said, I want to compliment him. Well, you've had three years to do that. And then you committed $27 million to Al Horford for the next two years. No, the next three years. Mm-hmm. And then you've got $32 million wrapped up in Tobias Harris for the next three years, who obviously doesn't fit. You picked those two guys over Jimmy Butler, who's in Miami right now, sweeping out of the first round. So it's just like management has to change. I think Elton Brand's probably going to end up taking a step down, not getting fired, but taking a different role in the organization, and they'll fill that GM role another way. Um, the, the Brett Brown thing was going in the right direction. Now, when I say that I recommend these trades, that doesn't mean they're going to happen. I think that that's why they fired Brett. Like, we're going to give another coach an opportunity. I think you have to as well. I think you have too much talent in Ben and Joel Embiid to not, mm-hmm. like, give it your all to see if it'll work, especially where there's they've only ever been under one coach. Yeah, well, you know, the thing that people don't talk about enough is Ben Simmons is a clutch client, and this isn't about him playing with LeBron. This is about – Clutch has a tendency to get involved in a scenario if a player doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is point A, B, and C of how effective they are in doing that. So, so to me, <laughs> I mean, they're literally one Rachel Nichols sit down with Ben Simmons from, <laughs> him, from from him demanding a trade. So it's just like, I don't know, man. I, I if I'm Ben, I don't want to be there. It just is what it is. I was going to say, they've kind of hamstrung their next coach, too, because no matter what, he's got to deal with Al Horford being on the books for the next three years, and he's got to deal with Tobias Harris being there. Al Horford, in one season, became the worst contract in the NBA. Worse than the injured John Wall. Yeah, and dude, I don't know if this is just me either, but I don't think that Al Horford is actually even 
that bad anymore. Um, it's the fit. It's the fit. Yeah, exactly. I just think he doesn't fit there. Everybody's talking about like, man, Al Horford just fell off a cliff. And it's like, I really don't think he did. Yeah. I just I just think that he cannot... I think that he's not good enough to be a four anymore along uh, like Joel Embiid doing his thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how they get out of that contract, man. I don't think... I don't right. know if there's a way. It's going to have to go to a team that's a contender that has something they can move. That's like, hey, we could use an Al Horford. Mm-hmm. You know? Like Boston. <laughs> yeah, like Boston. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't want to give him four years, 100 mil anyways. Right? No, as soon as that price got there, they were done. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, I, I read that one of the big things was, was that they didn't want to give him four years either. They didn't want to give him that yeah. money, but they didn't want to give him that fourth year. I think they I wanted think, something like two. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I think if you're Philadelphia – you. If there's going to be a change you can make this year, and it might be hard to do because I don't know who wants to pay Tobias Harris four years of max money. If there's a change you're going to make, because I don't think they're going to trade Ben or Joel, I think they have to. I think they have to trade Tobias. You think have so? To. I think have Tobias to. can work with the right with the right coach. I don't. I think they have to trade Tobias just to get off that money. Yeah. I mean that that max contract locks you up as a franchise and then what Ben just got paid, right? That kicks in next year. Mm-hmm. Joel's pay that. Like, what, what improvements are you going to make to your roster? You, hey. you need a lead. You need a guard who can get Joel and beat the ball and Ben Simmons sitting on the floor. And they didn't do that. Yeah. And there was a lot of serviceable guards out there who just were waiting to get signed to a team. The Tyler Johnson's of the world that could have just at least got him the ball. It's crazy how they've messed all this up too, man. Like I think one of their best. How did they lose JJ Redick? That's ridiculous. That you, dog. JJ Redick is much more important to your team than Tobias Harris was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I think that you could argue that the 2017-2018 um, at at the end where they had uh, like Bellinelli and Ilyasova and yeah. um, Saric and uh, you mean when they had the right idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you could argue that that team was better than last year's Philly team. Now, that's kind of like a hard sell because you do have Jimmy Butler. But going forward, I mean, I don't know, man. It just seemed like they, they had figured out that, okay, we need to like completely focus on Joel and Ben and then just surround them with shooters. And that's what they had. And it, it worked pretty well. I think they just ran into a really hot Boston team that year that yeah. had nothing to lose. It's just a shame. What were they? They, were, they were using conference finals last year, right? No, they got to the second round. And one bet, one bounce, one shot away. Mm-hmm. Toronto. Yep. Okay. So I mean, I just—it's a shame, bro. It really is. I feel so bad for Ben. Like I said, I finally came around on the Ben train. <laughs> yeah, you did. And, and then you start looking around at that team. You're like, yeah, Ben, you're just in a black hole of of nothingness for the next four years of your career, unless you demand a trade out of there. Yeah. That's something they have a chance. And I've said multiple times, I don't think Ben Joel and B is going to be relevant in four to five years. I think he'll always be relevant. I think he's too good of a basketball player in I his totality. Hurt. I think that's Joel Embiid. I think that he'll be the one that can't have a long sustained career just because of how big he is. Yeah. Well, how big you are is kind of, that's kind of a, weak excuse there's a lot of big guys who played for a while yeah but you get you see it like 
usually the guys that can't come back from like lower uh, extremity injuries are those mm-hmm. big men that have so much weight to be moving around on. Yeah. They, their movements are already limited to where if you get yeah. an injury, they're going to be so much more limited. Um, a question. Would you rather have Porzingis or Embiid for the next three years? I mean, Porzingis seems to be having lower, uh, lower body issues as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think I would probably go with Embiid just because I think he's a better player. Hmm. I, I was thinking the other day because people had tweeted the picture of LeBron playing in Philadelphia. They're like, you could have had it all. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's just clog the floor even more with another guy who wants to pass 50 times a game. Yeah, I bet those guys are also talking crap about Elton Brand and how he constructed the team. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you realize what you're saying? <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. uh, well, how did you feel about the uh the series itself then for for boston and philadelphia okay well joel and b not being willing to come up and really play defense on a pick and roll yeah, I, I don't know, know what thinking. that was about uh, do you think that was a brett brown thing or do you think that's a joel and b thing i think that's a, a brett brown thing i do too but i think at some point if you're the best player in the team you can say hey coach uh maybe i should guard that because from a guy who I didn't think was going to find his rhythm in the first two rounds, Kimba Walker is back to being Kimba Walker because he got 102 open jump shots in that game. <laughs> in that series. Yeah, man. He looks pretty nice and explosive too. That's what I'm saying. Like everything about him looks like he's back in rhythm. And I think if you're somebody who's pressing him off the of screens and trapping him, he's not back in rhythm. Well, now they've set him up and he got in rhythm very quickly. Yeah. So I think – so the series impressions, I think Kimba was phenomenal. I think Jason Tatum was the best player in the series and it wasn't close. I mean, it's just, I think Boston looks really great. And I think Philadelphia looks like they need to throw a bomb in the middle of the locker room and whoever survives gets to stay on the team. <laughs> and Jelly B can't get away fast enough. That's a pretty so. good illustration there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought Boston looked pretty good as well. Um, I can't tell if it's because Philly was that bad or Boston was that good, though. Well, Philly's that bad. Yeah. But, uh, but Boston was that good as well. I mean, you still have to be able to execute against NBA players. Yeah. You know, it's not, and and Philadelphia doesn't have a laughing stock of a franchise like the Nets, not a franchise or of a roster like the Nets put took into the playoffs. You know, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so like you've got serviceable players, so you should. I, I think you still give credit where credit is due to Boston because, I I thought Joel Embiid would give Philadelphia two games, and they just weren't having it. They took four, and they shut him down in every second half, maybe because he can't breathe. But it just is what it is. I, I think Boston gets a lot of credit for what they did to them. Yeah, I think it shows also how how much better Brad Stevens was than uh than Brett Brown. Like er, er, gonna... every game, there was adjustments that were made. Um, mm-hmm. Especially the way they attacked. Uh, did you see how like very early on they were trying to have um, uh, Al Horford guarding Jalen Brown? Did you notice that? Yeah. That's just not something that's going to work out. I don't know. No, I feel like they. I feel like they really attacked that. Um, they also did some stuff uh, with how they were trying to get the ball into Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, if you notice, they would start out a few possessions. Uh, there's there's a YouTube channel called uh, like Coach Daniel, I think is the name of it. Yeah. Um, and he made a video talking about how uh, I guess they had figured out some of some of Philadelphia's plays. Um, and they would start out with Jalen Brown uh, guarding the um, guarding the pick man, and so that way, whenever it came off the pick, uh, then they're 
there's some defensive scheming stuff in there. Um, yeah. But basically, just they're, they've made really good adjustments to make it much harder in the second half when Joel's already tired to get the ball to him down low. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like messed up all of their offensive rhythm. Well, we'll touch on it on our next episode, but we're in for a great coaching matchup. For the guys who love coaches, the next series is going to be a phenomenal coaching matchup between Brad and Nick. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I'm really hoping that uh, the Raptors were just a product of the Nets. But um, Okay, so any other uh, closing comments on Boston-Philly? No, both of them can go to hell. Okay, nice. Uh, so then the next matchup is uh, Oklahoma City and Houston. And I know you wanted to touch on this one specifically. Um, mm, it's so, it's still going. It's 2-2 right now as we speak. Yeah. So I when the, when the Rockets went up 2-1, I really just looked at that and I was like, I don't know that Oklahoma City could win another game. Um, and for some reason, somehow, they – they went from an offense that wasn't moving at all. It was just very stagnant. Everything was very ISO heavy, which is just not the team they were all year. And I think they really figured it out with not limiting Steven Adams on the floor, um, especially with a team like Houston. And, I, and Westbrook seems to be worse than what we thought it was going to be. I don't know if he'll come back. Harden looked pretty rough last game. I think that OKC may win the series. In seven. I do think it goes seven, but I think OKC may win the series in seven. Yeah, I think it, it's a testament to, uh, to one, how good of a coach Billy Donovan is. I think he's a really sure. good coach, and I think he has not gotten the credit he deserved in the NBA uh, because he had Westbrook on his team. And I don't mean that in in too much, of a, yeah, too much of a way like that to, uh, to slight Russell Westbrook. Um, but I think if you just have a you know triple-double machine on your team, you just go to him, right? Um, yeah. and Westbrook, I don't know, doesn't seem like the most coachable type of guy to right. me, at least to my eye. Um, but I, I think it also shows how good of a leader, uh, Chris Paul is as well, that yeah. they were able to, you know, you kind of got ran out of the gym, your first two games and you're able to rally. If, if this is any normal year, if this isn't in the bubble, this is a normal series. Nobody's freaking out over the, you know, two Oh, uh, right. series lead because all right, that's how it goes. You know, you win at home. And then you go back and you, uh, as Oklahoma City, you protect home floor. Um, I don't know if, if Westbrook, what what is his injury? Uh, um, quad. A quad? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They they showed him out there, you know, working out before the game or whatever. That doesn't really mean much. Um, no. Man, if you're Houston, is this like your worst nightmare to lose to to Oklahoma City? Chris Paul? <laughs> yeah, to lose to Chris Paul in Oklahoma City in the first round? Oh, that'd be the greatest thing ever for me. I would yeah, love to see that. That's, I mean, and I'll admit it. Like when we were, uh, I, I was kind of like not really a Chris Paul hater, but I didn't believe in his ability to lead a team, um, or not lead a team, but lead a team to like as the number one option, right? Yeah. Um, and whenever we were doing our episodes back last summer when the Westbrook trade happened, um, I didn't, I didn't think the Thunder would even get into the playoffs. Um, hey, hey, hey! Yeah, I'm, hey. I'm giving you props. That's what I'm doing. Like you, you told us you were like, hey, like it's not. Don't count them out. Uh, I think ES, it ain't ESPN no over here, baby. Yeah, ESPN had them like a a point two percent chance to get into the yeah. to the playoffs. Hire me. Yeah. Hire so, me. Uh, 
But um, how did that? How did they come up with those percentages? They just randomly throw it out there, like some guy at a table's like, give him a point two percent chance. They suck. Point <laughs> two seven. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> was, you, you know that? Uh, you know that math homework back in the day in high school that was like, show your work. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to show my work on this. <laughs> um. Oh, Nick's. Zero. <laughs> and, and nobody questions it. They're like, yeah, you know, you don't have to show your work on this one. That's yeah. two plus two. So they throw out those percentages the same way Madden does their ratings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I want to say that Oklahoma City can win because I want them to. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends on when Westbrook comes back. Um, I'm just going to pull for him. I'm just going to stick to my, I'm just going to stick to it and I'm going to pull for him. It is what it is. I'm yeah. just going to say, okay, season. I'm speaking I'm, into existence. I'm pulling for the Thunder. I like Shea that much. He's like one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah, you do I love, love Shea. Shea. Um, Could you all have drafted Shea? Yeah, I know y'all get a, a slew of picks every year. So. We've got four this year, man. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe he's got to trade those somewhere. We got to stash those. Nah, I'm, I'm good. Y'all love drafting guards. I, we love drafting small guards. Uh, <laughs> they're never going to play super meaningful minutes, but ever. Yeah. Um. Okay, and so and then any any uh, closing remarks on uh, Oklahoma City, other no, than bro, that you're rooting for them? No, it's time for the series right now. The series, the one that everybody's talking about, yes, the player sir. that everybody's talking about. Yes. Sir. Paul George, what the hell is going on, bro? <laughs> <laughs> this man, this man has put up the worst shooting. I mean, three game shooting performance since segregation, dog. <laughs> and okay, before we get into that too, I don't want to. I don't want to slight uh, Luca. He's the one that everybody's talking about. He is looking like the real deal. This is his first playoff series. Okay, but I want to talk about Paul George. <laughs> I know you. I know you do. I know you do. Segregation, bro. That's not even like a fake stat. It's literally since 1960. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and he's been bad in, in the playoffs since still, since 2014. What was that, game six against LeBron in well, 2014? Yes. And he still walks into interviews like he is the the best player in the NBA. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you on that one, though, because after after game four – he said something uh, like, you know, hey, I'm just I'm not one of those scoring guys like like James Harden or whatever. Um, and I can't remember who it was. It was some ESPN program that was like, oh, man, why is he throwing shade like that to James Harden? He didn't. He was not throwing shade. He was saying, like, no. I'm not the same offensive guy that those guys are. Um, but, yeah, every, in a lot of other ways, though, he is always talking about how good he is. And um, it's, you know, he's wearing the shoulder ice and stuff. I didn't know that that was still an issue. Right, after he just came out talking about how he's 100% healthy, after the beef with Dame, he was like, I'm healthy. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I'm just not buying anything from Paul George. And this is this is an overwhelming issue for me. Like, even the James Harden comment, I'm not an offensive guy. Well, you're one of the top 10 scorers in the NBA year in and year out. Yeah. So if, you're not a, if you're not an offensive guy, then don't – why are you doing that? Well, dude, how are you doing that? The thing is, you are an offensive guy. You can – you were what, like third or fourth in MVP last year, like third. third. Yeah, you were third place in MVP voting last year, a regular season stat, 
it's it's objective to say now that he was just not good in the postseason. And and I don't yeah. know what it is, if it's like a mental thing or what, but I mean God God bless his soul. Dwayne Wade tweeted and was like, I just want y'all to know I know he's struggling, but playoff P is a real thing. I witnessed it firsthand. Where did he yeah, witness in, it? In two thousand thirteen. <laughs> it's two thousand twenty, bro. Not even two thousand thirteen. It might have been two thousand twelve. Like it's just like not even like that that Paul George was a one time thing. I don't know if he'll ever and listen, he is bound. I mean bound to have a thirty point game in this playoffs at some point. I I, I would hate if it happened uh tonight because i don't hate paul george either Mo, me eat well I, I i kind of hate the way he's been acting uh like disabling comments on his instagram and uh, yeah it does Soft. seem i don't i don't like um sensitive i don't like giving that to nba players because i'm just like a dude that's sitting on my computer but soft. it do, yeah he does seem kind of soft with all that um no, soft and he's ever since he went to the clippers he's had this attitude that I just can't, I can't deal with, bro. The the lies, the I, I don't know. I just can't do it, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Kawhi looks so annoyed. I don't know. If you, <laughs> <laughs> he, you can just look at him, man. The a uh, after game three, um, a reporter asked him. He's like, "Can you guys win with Paul like playing this way?" And he just looked at him and was like, "Yeah." <laughs> like that's. <laughs> It's like all he said. It's like, dude, he is so pissed off right now. He does not want to talk about this. Um, no, poor Kawhi, bro, because he's been phenomenal. Yeah, he but has. I will, he has. I will say this: if you all are the second coming of Michael and Scotty, there is no reason that Marcus Morris should be checking Luca for eighty percent of the game. If he is the only guy giving you problems, why is Kawhi and Paul George? Just sitting out there guarding Tim Hardaway Jr. and Maxi Kleber. Yeah, I mean, and obviously the big one too. Like, why did Kawhi switch off for Reggie At the Jackson? End of the day. Yeah, why is Reggie Jackson? You knew that he knew everybody on planet Earth knew who was going to get the ball. At least, where is this energy for LeBron? When, when LeBron ain't guarding the best player, everybody's pissed. Are you talking to me right now? Everybody, because I ain't. World. I ain't never. I told you uh, a few weeks ago uh, during the bubble, and he was guarding like he was stepping out onto everybody's good players. Uh, I think he did it in the Clippers game too. Um, locked up, locked up. Yeah, I was like, I was like, man, I love this dude. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's been his whole career that people harp on that, and more often than not, Kawhi is not guarding the best player unless it comes down to the minute that he has to, and then it came down to the minute that he had to, and he didn't. Yeah, and and you don't know if that's like a coaching thing either. A switch. Um, yeah. Switch everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, that's, that's – I was trying to explain to a buddy of mine, you know, that's like kind of how the Clippers are built. That's kind of how modern basketball is. Like everybody wants yeah. to switch. That's kind of the way defense is going now. Yeah. Um, And so – but Not but, to go back to LeBron, but it's just like the playoff series whenever he switched off on Steph whenever they could, came and ran that, that rub screen when KD hit the pull-up on JR. Mm-hmm. And, and, they sw- and they got the switch. And people were, you know, fussing about it. And you're like, well, when you look – it's like, you know, are you going to go follow the best shooter in the world too? Like, Dude, the thing about, yeah, it's like, are, are you going to guard the best shooter in the world or the second best shooter in the world? Or are you going to guard the third best shooter in the world? Yeah. Sorry. Like, dang. Like, right, we switched everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not switch everything. And that way we can have three of the best shooters in the world wide open, open. on every screen. Yeah. <laughs> Those are people that just want to complain about stuff and 
Yeah. Don't get me started. But yeah. um, man, you talked about how good Kawhi has been in the series, and he has been. Mm-hmm. Was he averaging like thirty-one and ten and something? Yeah. I, I texted you today, and I said LeBron's been the best player in the playoffs. You didn't. Like so that. you did not. At least my phone did not receive LeBron's been the best in the playoffs. You just sent me numbers and said best in the playoffs. Um, because I said I said that Luca was the best in this series, and it's not close. And I don't know why everybody's being afraid to say it. Um, yeah. Luca's yeah, averaging I, like uh, 30, 32, 10, and nine or something. 32, 10, yeah. and eight. I don't, I don't know. Um, but Luca's been the best player in this series. It's his first playoff series, and it really hasn't, it's not that close with how good he's played, numbers wise. I mean, he's hitting game winners. Um, dude, my, about, my favorite part of that game winner is that he airballed like three threes in the fourth quarter. He airballs all the time. <laughs> dude, yeah. And then he's just pulling again. Like, dude, <laughs> whatever. That is just like a different mentality. I don't have that mentality in anything I do. You know, <laughs> like that no, takes a very, a very special person. Just be like, yeah, no, I'm listen, good on the next one. Listen, if I, if I hit the rumble strip, I'm buckling up immediately. That's how unconfident <laughs> I am. <laughs> and this guy, and this guy, this guy's airballing threes in the biggest game of his career. And then he's like, you know what, bro? I think I'd hit you with three hezzies and then step back on you 30 feet. And I'm going to bang that just, just to do it. And if, it's not like, hey, if I miss, we go to double overtime. It's like, if I miss, we lose. You know? That's white boy. That's yeah. That's, that's like a... Because I, th- I think that's like a, a different definition of clutch, too. Like, there are clutch shots where, oh, man, he had a three in somebody's face, but they were tied up, you know? Like, the worst thing that can happen is you go to OT. But then there's also those where if I miss, we lose. If I hit, we win. Yeah. So. I am thoroughly, thoroughly. And I, I texted Isaac Harris, who's a writer for the Mavs. I texted him and I said, that's that's the best 21-year-old in NBA history, and I'm not afraid to say it anymore. Yeah, I, I think I told you that a few, uh, a few nights ago, right? I was like, has there yeah. ever been anybody in, this, in their second season that's put up better numbers? And I think I told you, like, I think – if it was the pace of game for LeBron and KD early, they probably could have put up some similar scoring numbers. And you can harp on all kinds of guys. If James Harden had had a team at that point, you know. Well, he had just, a team, but. Yeah. I mean, like, if he had, like, his own team. Yeah, playing I know what you mean. Or, yeah. Um, then, then, then you can make a case. But there's never been. I mean, Shaq. Shaq, maybe. Dude, but just the assists, the rebounds, the yeah. points. Like he's leading that team. Uh, KP's out again tonight. Um, Porzingis has also has been great. Um, I'm so happy for him, man. Yeah. Um, that's the other this, thing. This, this series should be three one Mavs right now. So I agree with you on that. But everybody, I, I've got a friend who's a big Mavs fan, and um, he was like, "Man, it's just it's so ridiculous that that uh, that KP got tossed in game one. I, I didn't see the first tech." That second tech man, that's KP's fault. That's dumb, bro. When he, Which when is, he got in between them. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't even him getting in between them either. He was like, he was he was ready to throw. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> if you already have one foul, if you already have one tech, and then you're putting yourself in that situation, that's dumb on you. Like, you okay, can argue different. all the time about whether or not it was a stupid tech and on the first one, or if like really should he have gotten thrown out for that. But you just gotta be smarter than that. By the rule book, the first one's always the technical. I, I I literally don't know what happened. Okay, so he just he didn't get a foul call, and he or he no they they called a foul on him when he blocked the dude's dunk, and it clearly was a block. By the way, they went back and replayed it. Um, and he swung his arm. 
anyway, when you swing your arm, it's a technical. It's literally in the rule book. Um, you can't react that way to, to a whistle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, I don't blame him. But I will say, and this is something that was brought to my attention. Uh, who was I talking? I can't remember who I was, I talk, who I was talking to. But um, they're like, for guys who always act a certain way, they don't get the whistle on a technical. Like a Patrick Beverly or Draymond. Yeah, it, the refs are so used to them acting that way, they're not going to tee them up for that. Then you have guys like Porzingis, who is a pretty even-kiltered guy, almost always, and he, he reacts to something in a way that a Patrick Beverly would or a Draymond Green would, then he's going to get the technical because it's out of his character. And I think that's actually spot on for what the NBA does and how the refs officiate games. Yeah, it's not fair either. Because you would no, think that the, the person that reacts that way should be in trouble more often. Dude, Carmelo, last night, didn't get a call when he went to the room, and he just ran at, at a ref <laughs> during the middle of a play. And I was like, where's the technical for that? <laughs> the technical is that you still have to be out here playing while you're down by 40. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the technical, bro. Oh, man, that's just – I don't know, man. I just I feel terrible that – I, I don't think he should have got tossed in that game. I think that the first one is him. I think the second one, I'm not calling technical on that. I get that he goes in there aggressive, but he is stepping between the guy that's his best player. Yeah, but he put his hands on uh, on Morris, man. It wasn't like he a put it was, hands on each other but, all the but, time. But he didn't put his hands on like, hey, back up, and like you know, put hands on each of them. We're like, oh, back up. He came in really not even worried about Luca and was just like, yo, what's up, bro? And like, was pushing Morris. That's hold on. You remember when Brandon Ingram came in and threw that punch at Chris Paul whenever him and Rondo were going at it? They just came <laughs> in from left field out of nowhere. And he was like, hey, eat, eat this fist real quick, dog. <laughs> I just, I just think that if you're in your in a playoff series, man, and you already have one tech, you just can't afford to do that. And you should, you just have to have that in the back of your mind. To an extent, yes, but in a playoff series, that shouldn't be a technical. Playoffs are officiated differently, man. And if Patrick Beverly went in there and did that, there's not a technical for that. I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't hate the technical the same way everybody else does. I think it was just a dumb move on him, and uh, and you gotta know better. I think that if he would have went in and was like separating them both and was like, "Yo, get back," and was like, "Yo, get back to Luca as well," then a technical is not called. In other news. <laughs> Seth Curry called Paul George a bitch ass. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. That was and awesome. You know, that, you know that his wife dated Paul George? Yeah, got cheated on. Yeah, and then his awesome. wife is Doc Rivers' daughter. Yeah, and it's just awesome. Isn't that a triangle, man? Gosh. That's crazy. Who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for your dad with your ex on your team? Or are you rooting for, your, for Seth? Yeah. Seth, every time. Seth looks like a blue devil. Like, you know that he went to Duke. And I don't mean I like he, you know, I don't mean like he looks like, oh, he like, like a Duke player. No, like he literally looks like the mascot. Seth Curry in the last month and a half has become one of the most dangerous role players in the NBA. Him and, uh, and Trey Burke, man. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to give it to Trey Burke. <laughs> no, Trey Burke is, yeah. Trey Burke filled it up the other night, dude. I, yeah, he did. Yeah. Not, not overall, but I'm saying yeah. just to, to the series. He's going to keep getting paid. He was good uh, last year for Portland, too. Yeah, I agree. But he took another step this year. Man, I, I, I love the Mavs team. Oh, me too, man. I like them a lot. Michael K. Gilchrist out there shooting threes when he's open is hilarious. <laughs> Dude, man. <laughs> J.J. Barea got some minutes the other night, too. Michael K. Gilchrist checking Kawhi at the end of games. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just 
it's great, man. I love I love that team. There's a lot of names on there that I really enjoy as well. Carlisle's a great coach too. One of the best. And I think we might have disrespected him when when we listed our best coaches. I think we probably should have been up there somewhere. It's a product of the time though, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The seventh First. seed. You can't just not gonna get the same uh, recognition right now. Yeah. I want to touch more on Luca though and what what that potential looks like, what that ceiling looks like. Cause I think you know, people always were going to tie him and trade together. And I think at one point I would have been like, you know, I'd flip a coin and I don't think it's even close anymore. Like yeah. Luca is so much. And I tweeted, I don't think there's five guys in the NBA and maybe the list is just at five of guys I would take over Luca to win me a game right now. Yeah. And dude, and- Luca's game is going to like age amazing. He uses his body so well. He shoots the ball so well. He passes so well. He's big enough. I mean. He, and this is what people, people who don't actually watch, you know, they just know Luca's Luca. Who don't really know is the guys who can control the game and find a way to solve what your defense is doing throughout the game. There's very few guys in NBA history who could do that. And Luca at 21 already does that better than most guys do it in their prime. It took James Harden how many years to figure out how to orchestrate an offense and play the way he plays. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Paul was not this was not as good as Luca is at it right now when he came into the NBA. LeBron either. The ceiling for Luca as a playmaker is just as high as the ceiling as a scorer, which is ridiculously scary. And I think, without a doubt, barring an injury, Luca will end up as one of the ten best players to ever play in the NBA. Man, is that going to be a title in the video? Bar, barring injury, he'll be one of the 10 best players ever played in the NBA. Yeah. And I, if we're talking about guys like, you know, like people borderline Durant, people borderline Steph Curry, you're telling me Luca's trajectory right now isn't higher than what Steph Curry's? Uh, I get the MVPs and all that stuff. Luca's bound to win an MVP. Dude, Luca me. is going to be in the MVP running for the starting this year, honestly. This like year. his, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, um, for, for how long? 13 years? 15 yeah, years? Saying. And the, and you just hope voter fatigue doesn't get him like it got LeBron. Got mm-hmm. a shot of LeBron thing in there. But, well, uh, and, and and you hope that uh, because I think if this happened just in 2012, 2013, Luca was a rookie. Yeah. Luca was 21. Then you don't have the triple double fatigue as well. Right. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of that with like with Westbrook and with Harden doing it so much um, to where it's not viewed in the same the same light anymore. I want you to tell me right now who are the guys. You just have to win a game. Or let's just say win a playoff series with any team. Put them all in a vacuum. But you're starting it with this guy. How many would you take over Luka? Just name them. Win a playoff series? Yeah. I want LeBron. Mm-hmm. I want Giannis. Mm-hmm. I want what Kevin Durant was. We don't know what he will be. Right. But I want Kevin Durant. Okay. And beyond that, I'm trying to think of more names. Kawhi is enough. I don't want him any more than I want Luca. Steph? No. Jimmy Butler? No. Anthony Davis? No. We've seen that show. Yeah. I mean, we did watch Anthony Davis sweep Portland. That's you know. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, it was it was cool, but. Anthony Davis's playoff numbers are ridiculous, by the way. If you just look at him, he's never laid laid an egg. Yeah, he he's hasn't. Yeah, but I, I still don't want him over Luca. 
And part of that is just because of the modern NBA uh, and being able to have the ball in your hands all the time. Harden? No. Truth, man. Chris Paul? No. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think and, for and me, I, I don't. I don't want people to think I'm like overreacting either. But I mean, what's what's Luca averaging on the season? Close to a triple double. And I know it's not all just about numbers, but I mean, this is his first playoff series, and he's having his like in the series thirty point score go down. He found out about it like just before tip off, and is hitting and clutch. Crazy. And yeah, and is winning clutch game game winners, you know, like psychotic level game winners um <laughs> in overtime. Like, like one cold shower away from being a serial killer game winners. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so man, did you see Shaq? No, what did he say? Something stupid? It was right after he hit that game winner and everybody was going crazy and he was telling uh he's telling Chuck and everybody to uh to settle down that we've seen that before. Yeah. I've seen that before. From a 21-year-old? That's what I'm saying, man. From a 21-year-old at, at this stage on a bum left ankle. Against that team? Against that team, bro. Like, I don't know. I thought that was kind of goofy from Shaq to be saying that. Um, Nuggets are about to beat the Jazz, by the way. Are they? Yeah, 113, 107, 17 seconds left. Man, Just good, wanted to fill you in. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Well, this, what? It's going seven, bro. Let's go, Nuggets. It's not going seven. <laughs> Bold, bold. <laughs> Nuggets are um, still in this, bro. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe. it's three two now. With the bubble, man, you just never know. I thought I think it's we're in un- uncharted, unprecedented territories, and I think that us making predictions was ridiculous as is. And I think that, um, yeah, it's just hard to tell. But I, I want to keep talking about Luca. I could really talk about him all night. I go ahead. I got time. Oh, sweet, great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think when you keep you keep him and Kristaps, and you hope Kristaps is healthy, I think they are one piece and and like a real defensive like a real defensive piece from being extremely extremely dangerous. Um, you know what the Mavs have in twenty twenty one? Giannis. Well, they have a max free agent spot. Free Giannis, dude. That would be sick. Just, well, why wouldn't he want to play with you? Why wouldn't he want to play with you? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Maybe like they just maybe Giannis isn't that type of guy, you know? Do I want to play with 33 year old Steph Curry at that point? I guess 32 year old Clay and Draymond, who's going to be basically in a wheelchair at that point after taking as many hits as he takes. Um, or do I want to go play with Luca? Maybe he wants to stay in Milwaukee and play with Chris Milton, who's I, a really really good second man. I've told you I think he's going to end up in, say, in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So, but I think if I was, if I myself as an individual was Giannis, if I had his basketball abilities, I would want to play Luca and nobody else. Man, that would be and nobody else. Disgustingly dangerous. I just don't know if if one Giannis is built that way. Um, I think he's like such a competitor. And then you know, I'm sure they could figure it out, but somebody's going to have to give up the touches. Yeah, right? a lot of mass fan, a lot of mass fans want Oladipo. I've seen it all over the timeline. Yeah, I've seen that too. And he's a great defensive guy to put next to those guys, and another guy who can make tough shots. Maybe they can snag Brad Beal somehow yeah. and uh, so, do some trades. I don't know what their their picks look like and what we they love could talking. 
Brad Bill trades, it's not going to happen this year. They're going to give him and John Wall one more go at it, and they've both expressed that they both want to try it again with each other. Well, there. So look look for Brad Bill to remain a wizard this year, unless at all the All Star break they're ten games under five hundred. They're the playoff. They're wasting their time, bro. Brad Bill's no, wasting his time. I agree. The the East is not the same East that they remember either when they were both really good. No, not at all. Yeah, but I just don't see Brad Bill getting traded this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, anyway. I don't, I don't see it either. But they're wasting. Their yeah, time. I think Dallas just has a nucleus of guys who are really talented and still pretty young. Tim Hardaway Jr. is still pretty young. Seth Curry's young. I think that uh, Dallas is also one of those places, kind of like uh, Miami or Boston or Golden State, that really develops their players well and puts them, uh, whether it be Rick Carlisle or just their whole system as a whole. Yeah. Uh, puts their players in places to succeed as well. Really like Dallas a lot. One of the best franchises in the NBA. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's not even close. Really. Them, Miami, whoever you want to talk about next. I can't even say the Lakers. We've had a lot of bad years. so (laughs) I'm throwing Boston in there. I'm a homer. Yeah, that's fair. Pre-Big 3, no. But post Big three and post big three, yeah. You know how I feel about that. Yeah, well. Lynn Bias. Poor guy. <laughs> F's in the chat. Yeah, F's in the chat. But yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to the next round, man. I think that I'm looking forward to the game tonight. I hope Luca can pull out another one. I do too. But I don't know. I hate man. that uh that Porzingis isn't gonna be playing. I really hate that. How does it go from a game time decision where like literally right before tip off to now you're did he get hurt in warm-ups or something? I don't know. I, I remember them talking about him having some knee soreness, but it wasn't in that leg. Yeah. And that's scarier than getting hurt in warm-ups. Because that's, yeah. that's not the knee that he tore his ACL in. Oof. Yeah. Oof. So for a seven foot three guy to be having that, yeah, and it's not directly tied to an injury, whether it be in warm-ups or you know, his ACL from, uh, what was it, 2017 with the Knicks? Um, yeah, that's scary as a Mavs fan. Not as scary because you got Luka Doncic to to take yeah. care of you, regardless. Well, um, KP, get healthy before we go. I need your I need your Lucas outline prediction tonight. Tonight, oh man, I don't need your field goal percentage or anything like that. Yeah. He's gonna shoot. I just want the points, rebounds, assists. Let's see, I think that tonight Luka gets. 34 points, 35 points. Okay. 35 points. I think with Porzingis out, I think he's going to grab 13 rebounds. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have nine assists. All right. I'm going to say 38. No, 39. I'm going to say 39 points. Keep in mind, he only shot five free throws last game, hmm. which is very unusual for him. So I'm gonna say actually let me bump that. I'm gonna say forty forty four points. Okay. Forty four points. Thirteen re no, twelve rebounds. And eight assists. Okay. So we're pretty close. Yeah. On the on we're, those we're in the I can't really remember what I said now, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't said, I wasn't prepared for that. What was it thirty five, thirteen, and nine? Thirty five, thirteen, and nine. Okay. I could I see the 44, I, I 44, could 12 and 8. I could definitely see the scoring going up for sure. 
Yeah, that boy's going to shoot some free throws tonight. Oh, I hope so. Do you think they get the win? No. I don't, I don't either. <laughs> no. What, all right, all right. how about this before we go? What's your Paul George stat line tonight? I'm about to order some pizza for this. Dear God. Okay. Paul George stat line tonight. I'm going to call a... Like a like a like a forty like a forty four percent shooting night, but he's gonna get. <laughs> I thought you were about to say forty four points. No, forty four percent shooting night on like a twenty twenty seven twenty seven eight rebounds, four assists. Okay, so you think he bounces he's, back? He's too good of a basketball player to not just get at least one game in this series where he looks. I mean, game one he looked good. Mm-hmm. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, at least get another game in this series where he looks like he knows how to play basketball. So, I, I just think he's due one, and I think maybe that's a terrible philosophy, but I think he's due one. If he has another, if he poo poos into bed again, <laughs> this man shoots under twenty five percent again. <laughs> I can't wait for Twitter because playoff piss is real, bro. And I can't. I wait. I think that he uh, he bounces back a little bit, but I still think he's in the teens scoring, maybe even Oof. mid to low teens. I think he is in his own head. I think he limited comments on Instagram. Um, and so uh-huh. and so I'm going to say, but I don't know. Who knows? I could see him also going off this game too. And then him puffing his chest out a lot. Oh, maybe Kawhi's just talked to him in private and really inspired him. Oh, yeah. Kawhi, the communicator. <laughs> <laughs> him and Montrez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Masters of communication. Yeah, absolutely. No, maybe they have. Anyway. Maybe Doc has to talk some sense into him. Shoot the ball. I don't know. I can't do a Doc, uh, a Doc gonna, accent. What are we going to hold Doc accountable for not actually being a very good coach? What, when are we going to say, why are you not picking up Luca 94 feet like they are uh, doing to Dame? Um, and where are you going to double Luca outside before the before the pick and roll? But seriously, what are we going to knock him for not being a very good coach? I mean, like, like, what do you think it is? Do you think it's an ego thing? Like, they think that they just don't have to do this to this Dallas team? I'm not just talking about this team. He underachieved before he went to Boston. He got to Boston for the standard of what the big three team was. He underachieved. He underachieved with with the Clippers with the Chris Paul run. You know? Like, he's underachieving. Right now, this, this series should not be a series. You are the championship favorite from almost everybody in the world. If you have Kawhi Leonard, who's coming off a Finals MVP, Paul George, who was third in the MVP race, Lou Williams, the best six man to ever play, Montrez Harrell, I mean, there's just no reason for this to even be a wow. Jamal Murray at 42, he's balling, that, dude. Yeah, that boy's going crazy. There's just no reason for him to continue to for the, with the teams he's had. He should not have one championship. That's fair. You think he's maybe you think he's a bad coach? Or you think he's just not as good as what people say? You he's think not maybe as good as what people say. He should go down a tier to like mid-level? Yeah. Good, just, there's good probably mid-level? Six, there's probably six or seven guys I would take before him. Let's see. Nick Nurse, Brad Stevens. Spolstra. Spolstra, yeah, definitely. Rick uh, Carlisle. Bud. Bud. And then you just have Billy Donovan. Oh, tough to say. Frank Vogel. He's a good coach, man. I don't care what anybody says. He's a good coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. He had great success in Indiana. He just happened to run into LeBron. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's what I'm saying. He's six or seven guys right there that you would say, I'm taking you before I touch. Before I touch Doc. We didn't say Pop. Oh, we didn't say Pop? Obviously <laughs> Pop. What about yeah. the Pop for the Nets rumors? I have not heard that. Really? I don't think yeah, that works. Net, Nets don't know me either, but that's interesting. I I don't know why the Nets got rid of Kenny Atkinson. No, they're stupid. Yeah. But I guess KD didn't want him there. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's what I've been thinking. I think it'll end up being Ty Lue. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, players coach. So, yeah. Anyways, so to close, Luka's great. Doc's overrated. Man, Luka is great. Mavs and six. Mavs <laughs> and six. <laughs> oh, man. All right, do we uh, real quick? Do we want to predict uh, the rest of the? Is that really the only competitive series? Maybe Nuggets and Jazz as well. No, I got Jazz. Yeah, but do we? So we want to predict. Uh, you want to say Jazz in six or seven? Jazz, actually, Nuggets and seven. Nuggets. And seven, that's what I was gonna say. Dig it. Nuggets. And I'm seven. saying they're gonna pull it out. Let's go. Nuggets. I'll, I'll say it. Nuggets. Nuggets and seven. I gotta um, say, little my first prediction. You what? I gotta say loyal to my first prediction, bro. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, and then who do you got with uh, the Mavs and uh, and Clippers? The Clips. I do too. Healthy Mavs, it'd be different. But Clips, yeah. I had them. I had them going to the finals and winning a championship. So yeah. I gotta stay true to my predictions now. If the Lakers keep playing the way the Lakers are playing, you'll hear me. You'll hear me toot a different horn here in about. <laughs> Three weeks, but hey, you you better be glad that the uh, the Lakers aren't playing the Mavs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we would have already. Uh, I got the receipts, bro. You told me that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, that's probably gonna do it for episode four. Then, um, excited to see how the rest of these uh, these two series really are all that's competitive, really. Um, yeah. excited to see how those play out um and then hopefully we'll be back hopefully we can get a uh a redraftable or yeah redraftable yeah, we is what we're calling it hopefully we can get the, uh, the draft is coming yeah so hopefully we can get one of those out uh and then also get our it's weird man because these series are moving so fast but hopefully we can get uh also game or round two predictions um and yeah. talk about that as soon as round one is over we don't want to split that up too much so for sure um hopefully we can get all that out um anything anything else to close man thanks for tuning in tell your mama your daddy your pappy tell them hit us up listen, yeah listen yeah we uh really appreciate all the support everybody's listening we were talking man like the best feeling is getting somebody to text you or call you or you know, whatever and be like man listen to your podcast it's good i yeah. just I, dude can't say how much that means so for sure yeah for sure all right well that's a wrap that's a wrap episode four 33 rings. Yes, sir.